finish with your water there? Just right before. If you didn't hear it. No, it's fine. Whatever. Whatever. I can't take a drink while you talk. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Let's Read the Bible, a podcast where we take a deep dive into biblical topics in a way that's easy to understand. If you would like to follow along, you can download the YouVersion Bible app and subscribe to the Bible in a Year reading plan. We also have PDFs available on our website, Church. And you can tell it's Holy Week right now because you have like a big pep in your step. Oh, uh, right you know now. what? You're like just, jacked and excited. There is nothing like the energy of just working on all the videos. <laughs> so, dude, so you're like, I get out of the office. Uh, well, and as usual, just to jump back into our little script, our little ditty, uh, is if you have questions, we want to take time uh, uh, as much as we can during our weekly podcast to spend time answering those questions. Uh, today, we're not going to have time to get to one, unfortunately, but we've got some for the weeks to come. So uh, thanks for your flexibility there. But if you've got questions, feel free to send them in. The way you can do that is two ways. One, you can send an email to info at grove.church. Uh, we get the questions there, or you can direct message our Facebook page. We are the Grove Church in Washington State. Feel free to direct message us there so we can get those questions and continue to answer. Thank you so much for those of you who have been sending them in. We appreciate it. Steve, uh, Tim, you're a stud. It was good to see you as well, picking up a Holy Week box. So, But here we are, Holy Week. Holy Week. So this week we're actually, this is dropping on Easter Sunday. So yes. Happy Easter, everybody. Yep. He has risen. Uh, Happy Esther Day. My daughter turns one today as well, if you're listening to this, it is, yeah, it, on it Easter is, Sunday. It is also Esther Sunday this year. Yes. Um, but anyways, so we want to talk about uh, what happened between the resurrection and the ascension. So the ascension is when, you know, in Acts, Jesus mm-hmm. goes back up uh, to heaven and obviously the resurrection is what we're celebrating today. Uh, and so I think, I th- yeah, I thought we thought it would be a good idea to moving forward out of Easter, kind of get to talk about the next, the following few weeks that we don't really talk about all that much uh, when it comes to. Well, and partly says the that there's not a lot of true, there's not a lot of details between that those forty plus days. I think it's forty plus, but um, there's not a lot of details. You just have little spurts and moments. So right, no, it's true. So uh, with no further, without further ado, uh, as far as resources, it's pretty much just the Bible that we're using. <laughs> we're, so, you know, sorry, we don't have more resources, but our the Bible. favorite study Bibles. Yeah. So, I mean, I looked up a, a timeline on the internet to just kind of make sure I was getting my bearings. Was it Wikipedia? It was not Wikipedia. Just kidding. It was, uh, was a Christianity.com. <laughs> I don't know. Some website. It was something. I, I checked multiple timelines to make sure one of them wasn't heretical. Cause you just was sometimes with, uh, with, Christian like thought you like you you stumble upon like oh this is this is heresy Oops. and it's but it's quote unquote Christian yeah because yeah. someone calls it that you know uh, so anyway <laughs> with all that being said what we're gonna do today is we're it's, it's actually a little bit more of a reading episode we're gonna read some passages that happen and just kind of talk about them as we go through um, as far as the major events that we're gonna cover it's number one uh, the resurrection and the tomb being found empty mm-hmm. number two. Uh, the disciples, Peter and John rush to the tomb and then Jesus appears to, uh, we'll, we'll keep that one a secret. The Ooh. first person Jesus appears to be ready. Uh, and then we get what I call a unique Bible study, which is easily like the most jealous I am of any character in the Bible, uh, of these two guys. We'll get to that. Uh, Jesus appears to the 11 disciples and then we'll get Jesus on the shore in John 21, which is, uh, John 21 and revelation 21 are like my two tied chapters of the Bible for most beautiful, if that makes sense. Um, so John 21 is about basically just the redemption of Peter. And then mm-hmm. Revelation 21 is about uh, essentially the new heaven and new earth, which is, paints a really beautiful picture. So there yeah. you go. Just something about 21s, you know, blackjack. 21. It's one of those things. <laughs> when you turn 21, you, <laughs> you can turn, tr- yeah, wait yeah. a minute, what? It's a good time. Uh, and then Jesus, uh, <laughs> yeah, so Jesus on the shore, John 21. And then finally the ascension we'll talk about as well. So that's in Acts chapter one. So 
Uh, let's see. We'll start. I'll read the first one, and then I guess we'll just alternate passages. Yes, so sir. this is Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 8. And it starts off like this. This is after Jesus had been crucified, by the way. Uh, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on, the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying one to, uh, saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away. It was very large. That's just kind of like an aside that Mark gives. Like, it, just in case, in case you're you wondering. didn't know, it's not a pebble. It's a big, it's it's, a big it's, stone. It's a, it's a big stone. <laughs> and entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. He said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. And they went out and fled the tomb for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. All right. So that's the first thing. So it, this is, I mean, this is what we're talking about on Easter, but I love the picture of just like absolute dejection turning into the greatest hope that they have. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, it's like, it's such a roller coaster. Of you just emotion. paused right after dejection. Like, I just love the picture of absolute dejection. At, There's like, nothing I love funny. more than just depression. And sadness. Wah, wah. <laughs> but happy Easter, everybody. There you go. No, but for real, it's, it's one of those things where uh, they're, they're literally going through to kind of just treat the body, right? Mm -hmm. Like to, to show some respect, um, to kind of do some like ancient, um, like Jewish Semitic, uh, burial rites, anoint the body with oil, all those different things. And then they show up and the body's just completely gone. And I'm, I'm sure their first thought is like the freaking Romans, they took this body. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like it probably wasn't uh, like, oh, Jesus is risen again. And all of a sudden all this stuff happens. And I also love how um, they they won't tell anyone, which is, it's, it's, kind of, it's funny. I've been watching um, uh, The Chosen, which is really good. Um, and the new, the new season starting on, on today. So anyway, but it's about, it's just about the, like the life of Jesus and stuff, uh, mostly through the eyes of the disciples. Um, but as a pastor there, cause I, I just remember like you read about in the Bible when Jesus, uh, speaks with the woman at the well and, you know, he says, um, essentially like, I know it's not your husband. Like the, I know you're not married and the man you're with right now is not your husband, that whole thing. Uh, but it says that she went back into town, essentially told everyone that she could, mm -hmm. um, because like this, this, like this revelation to her was so great. So it's interesting to me that in this revelation, they're so afraid they don't tell a soul. Like you would, you would think that Jesus rises from the dead and all of a sudden you just have to shout that from the rooftops. But yeah. it really is this moment of like, it's intense joy, um, but it's also very, um, I don't even know how to, I don't even know the right word to say here, but it's, it's a, I don't know. It's a, it's a subdued joy, I suppose is what you could say. So they're, they're very much going to tell the disciples, but they're not exactly shouting on the streets. And granted, part of that also might be that the, uh, you know, he was crucified like three days before. So it's not like public opinion probably hasn't turned that much. <laughs> since that <laughs> yeah, time. maybe. Uh, yeah, it's interesting, man. I, I think, you know, I think it's a very beautiful picture of the, their intention. Cause I think you're right. There is that Semitic process and that Semitic reality in, uh, in Jewish culture and wanting to not just, I mean, you're going back to a grave where a body's been laid. Um, and if you didn't really care, it just shows their deep care, like their deep concern, their deep love for, for Christ, even after his death. Um, and it's just interesting, like, you know, the different, the different moments and glimpses. I think sometimes it's, and even like I'm practicing this right now in, in, 
you know, coming towards the end of Lent for me reading through a book on my own. But one of the things that the book is constantly reiterating is put yourself in the context for a moment. Now don't read your context into it, but like think as much as you can through the eyes of, of those in the stories and in, in the truth and in the, the, the context of scripture. But it's like, if I'm sitting there, like I'm totally de- dejected, I'm totally de- discouraged. Like at the same time, like I loved, I love this man and I want to go care for his body after his death in this tomb. And the shock, I can, like, who's going to roll the t- stone away? Like, wait a minute, what? Like, I can, mem- I can just vividly picture some of the things. But I think it's, it's, it's pretty remarkable to stop because you're right. I would agree with you. Like, wait, what? What happened? Where is he? Like, who? What, who's this? Who's this young man <laughs> in white? Um, and so I think it's, it's, it's really a beautiful tension uh, as followers of Jesus is to, to wrestle through what does the empty tomb mean. Uh, for us. Okay. So we now, we, I mean, we celebrate, if you're listening to this on Easter Sunday, when it drops, we're, we've celebrated and are celebrating Easter. That's a big deal. And it's fun and exciting and things like that. So anyways, yeah, I just love the picture that that creates. So, um, yeah, this next passage is kind of long. So I figured you could read the first 10 and then I'll read the second half, if that makes sense. Or if you want to power through the whole thing, it's up to you as well. I don't care either way. All right. It's not in my version, but I'll read it. <laughs> it's not It's not the CSB. I okay. should have done alternating Dude, versions. That would have been hilarious, actually. My no. bad. All right. So John 21 <laughs> through 18, uh, and this is the second part where where uh, Mary tells G- Peter and, um, and all of this goes on. So it says this, now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, to the one whom Jesus loved, which is John himself, if you don't know that. Uh, he called himself the beloved disciple, the one who Jesus loves. And she said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. And I love the picture here because you see a little bit different of the account. They're not contradictory accounts, just so you know, but they're complementary accounts, right. different perspectives. You're seeing this really through Mary Magdalene's eyes. Yes. Which is remarkable because it's all of a sudden you see this, uh, something happened. They saw the stone was rolled away and she immediately runs away. Um, so she doesn't even have this encounter yet. Uh, we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and he reached the tomb first. So in other words, John was faster than Peter. Uh, and stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there and he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus's head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded upon up and placed in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached out, reached the first tomb, reached the tomb first, wow, Aaron, also went in and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. I'm going to keep reading. But Go Mary stood weeping outside the tomb and she wept. And as she wept, she stooped, stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting there with the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. Then they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord. I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me for I've yet ascended to the father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And they, 
and that he had said these things to her. All right. Yeah. So like you said, we get this from a different perspective, mm-hmm. um, which, which I think is like, it's one of the best things about the gospels. Is Absolutely. Kind of, with a lot of the stories, you get four different perspectives um, with at least most of them, you get two or three. Yeah. Well, uh, it's an, and it's interesting, even that point real quick is it's, you can't read them side by side thinking they're supposed to line up exactly the truth. They're different accounts and different perspectives. So as you're reading the entirety of the gospels, remember that as you're reading through it, um, mm-hmm. because it is, it, it, it enhances, like it adds layers upon layers to the, to the truth of the gospels couple of thoughts I had. Um, number one, the gospel of John was most likely written after Peter had died. So I like to imagine that um, somewhere in heaven, like Peter is watching on as John is writing. And then the d- this disciple outran Peter because he was so much more athletic and awesome. And Peter's like, you turkey. But, just wait till I get my hands on you. But I don't know. That's, that's probably not true. But I like to, I like to think that. But I, it's funny. That's in my head. Um, but yeah, the, the other thing is, is really just this idea that... I love that Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene first. Absolutely. And it's just, I think it's just, it shows this real um, this real tender relationship that Jesus has with his disciples. And because I, I also want to be clear with, um, I think a lot of times when we say the word Jesus' disciples, we think specifically of the 12, right? Well, there's other people who were disciples yeah. of Jesus, people who were following and people who were part of his ministry. So the 12 was this special group. Um, that Jesus had set apart who would become apostles, except Judas, um, but the rest of, but the rest of them would. Uh, but Mary was definitely there like almost the entire time. Like yeah. she, she's, she pops in and out of the narrative. It's just, and it's, yeah, it's just really beautiful picture of he takes the time um, to really show her those things, which I think is great. Which I think is also important too, in regards to the context, because Jesus showing himself to a woman first is a big deal, uh, especially in ancient times. Right. And so the fact that he, it's not just an affirmation of who she is um, as an equally created being, human being. Um, it's it's valuable because it's it's affirming to her in in her history and story, um, and well, so it is it is a pretty powerful piece too. Well, for me, one of the most persuasive things about the gospel accounts being true is if these things are made up after the fact by people who want to make Jesus look divine, um, you would never have women be the people who discovered yep. the tomb was empty. It's true. Because it was, it, it, I mean, it's not that this is right, but back then women were just not believed. No. Uh, when it comes to courts of law. They were property. Right. And which so, is unfortunate. Yeah. And, and so all these things are happening. If you're writing this today, or if you're writing this with the idea of like, well, none of this stuff happened, but we need to like convince people it did, then you would make up that like Nicodemus, who was pretty um, well thought of yeah. in Jerusalem, was the one who found that the tomb was, was empty or Joseph of Arimathea went there and found the tomb was empty or at the very least the disciples who were like lower class, but they were still, still like, had a lot of influence. Yeah. Uh, you wouldn't have it that like these, these three ladies came and mm-hmm. found that the, uh, that the tomb was empty. So it, yeah, it's, 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 it's a really beautiful picture yeah, for sure. All right. So moving forward, this one is Luke 24 verses 13 through 33. This is the one I'd always talk about how I'm jelly of these guys. So <laughs> here we go. Starting in verse 13. That very day, two of them were going to a village named uh, Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were walking with each other uh, about these things that they, that had happened. Talking, not walking. They oh. were walking, but they were also talking. Oh my gosh. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk, as they, uh, as they stood still looking stat- sad? Then one of them, named Clopas, uh, answered him saying, or Cleopas, uh, answered him and saying, are you the only visitor 
to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these three days. I, I do love that answer. Yeah, that's just super like, funny. What, what are you, new? <laughs> like, who are you? Have you not been paying attention? Uh, and he said to them, what things? And he said to them, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all of the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, besides all of this, it is now the third day since these things have happened. So to pause right there, uh, to pause right there. I, I I love the picture where it says, we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Mm-hmm. So it kind of shows that this, um, this death of the hope of Jesus being the Messiah, that all these people who were convinced that yeah. like this, this is the guy, like we've seen him do miracles. This is incredible. Like he is the Messiah. He is the Christ. You're starting to see that wane. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea of like it being three days uh, after as well, just kind of showing like, well, nothing's changing. So yeah. this is the way it is. Well, and it's interesting too, because he even says how our, our chief priests and rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. And, and the guilt is on all people because of sin. But it's interesting too, like it, it goes to show too, like even the mob that the religious leaders rallied to, to accuse and call out for Christ's crucifixion, it didn't have the popular opinion. Right. It, well, I guess that's a little bit subjective, but it, it didn't appear that way. So like even, however you say his name, um, Clopas, Clopas, Cleopas. Cleopatra. Cleopatra. Pass whatever, um, but he he was it was a very devastating blow, and it is this like man. Okay, I guess we were wrong. We right. had really high hopes for this. So well, it also does go to show. I think I think a lot of times on Palm Sunday, what you hear like the common refrain is like the same people who like rejoice that Christ is coming. We're also shouting crucify him. Well, it's not necessarily true. Yeah, not like, yeah. We and nowhere in scripture we see that. Right, we see two different moments of people shouting Hosanna and people like the crucify the people him. shouting not guaranteed to be the same. Right, the people shouting crucify him are very much like. Uh, they're people who were like in line with the priests that they're there for that specific purpose. So, and again, that's not that there wasn't um, this popular movement necessary to have Jesus crucified, but I think sometimes we, we tend to over exaggerate the yeah. idea that all of Jerusalem is crying out for Jesus to be crucified when that's probably yeah, not what was happening. Uh, all right. So going back in verse 22, moreover, some women in our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning. And when they did not find the body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels that uh, who said he was alive. Some of us, some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see, which is also kind of funny there because they're, what they're implying is, uh, you know, these, like these women said that they saw something, but I mean, none of the men saw it. So who knows? Uh, which yeah. is, you know, come on. Even guys. though they saw an empty tomb. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then he said to them, oh, and Jesus said to them, oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with, this is the verse I always get jealous about. And beginning with Moses and the prophets, he interpreted to them in all of the scriptures, the things concerning himself, which is a verse that we skip by so much. But essentially what it's saying is that in this moment, Jesus went through the entire Old Testament and showed them every single place where the Messiah is prophesied about. And and, and we don't have record of it. It sucks so (laughs) bad. Like, why isn't Come there, on, Cleopas. Like, why yeah. isn't yeah, Seriously, like, if there was ever a guy to write a book of the Bible, freaking Cleopas should have written, jotted this down <laughs> so that we had it today. So, what a jerk. Sorry about Evan's so, mouth. He gets a little bit riled up when he's you know, excited about it. It's one of those things. things. So anyway, so there's this incredible revelation of truth that we don't <laughs> oh, get. Man. It was just for Cleopas and his friend and the rest of and us. And we don't even have the left, friend's name. Left in the dark. This guy, what a turkey. Anyway, I'm... 
Well, what are you new? <laughs> what's funny is like, so in order for this to be recorded, right? It's in Luke. So he had to have told Luke that these things happened. And, and Luke he, didn't even write it yep, down. And, <laughs> I mean, obviously here's the thing. Luke all, is my least favorite follower of Jesus. In all seriousness, Just kidding. it's obviously part of God's plan that this wasn't real to us. But it still bums me out. So there you go. Uh, anyway, so move, moving on. Uh, so they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if uh, he were going further but they urged him strongly saying, stay with us for it is toward evening and the day is now far spent. So he went to stay with them. Uh, when he was at the table with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were open. And, and they then their them. eyes were opened. Yep. Uh, and he I've vanished seen this somewhere before. And he vanished from their sight, which is like, that's also a cool moment. Of, wait, wait, huh? Like, wait a second. You're. <laughs> and I also like to imagine in this moment, Jesus kind of crack it up. He's like, oh, that was a good. I don't know. It's like Bilbo. Perfect timing. It's like Bilbo and Lord of the Rings just like disappearing like ah, suckers and then going away. So Except Jesus didn't put on a ring, just saying. Right. No, Jesus had that power uh, within himself the whole time. So, and then they say to each other, uh, did not our, heart, our hearts burn within us uh, while he talked to us on the road and while he opened us to the scriptures. Mm. That's also a great point. It's how do you not recognize that like, yeah. this is Jesus when he's doing the scriptures. Uh, and they rose the same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and those who were uh, with them gathered together. Dude, that is a sad verse right there. Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road? After he's revealing the truth of who Christ was, the Messiah, right. all the prophecies, all pointing to Jesus. They knew in that moment, man, this is powerful. And yet they had no clue. Yeah, they didn't think. It makes me wonder, like, did they even like, how do you know all these things? Like, Or was it just like... It was such, it's such a deeply revealing, like powerful moment of revelation that they, they forgot or they were, they didn't even think about who could be telling us these things. Like that's, that's kind of a sad like moment. And then all of a sudden they, like, they realize that Jesus is like, wait, and it's like, he's gone. So that, yeah. No, and true. that's why Cleopas is only named right now. <laughs> classic, classic Cleopas. All right. Uh, this next one we'll have Aaron read, and this is uh, Jesus appearing to the eleven. So this is after this is happening. Mm -hmm. This also is probably where Jesus too after the after the <laughs> dinner. Deuces. Uh, it says this on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked, where the disciples were for the fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, "Peace be with you." When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his sides. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As, my, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the 12 called the twin, which is the first, like one of the few times I something called besides doubting Thomas. So, Classic Thomas. Uh, was not with him when Jesus came. Sucks to be Thomas. <laughs> uh, so the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the, of the nails and the place my finger in the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. And part of that is probably stemming from the fact that the disciples are sharing everything that they experienced with Christ. Where even Jesus says, or the scripture says he showed them the marks in the nails and, or the, the, the marks where the nails were. Uh, it's no, so it's not necessarily saying Thomas is like, hey, this is the only way that I'll believe. But it's after hearing the experience, it's like, unless I see the same things and I can put my hand in his side, like, unless that happens to me, I ain't believing. Yeah. That's kind of the context that's happening there. Um, sometimes you think, I, I mean, I remember growing up thinking it was like this dramatic statement, like, man, he, he wants to 
put his finger in the holes where the nails were and in the side. That's weird. But I think it's just coming out of natural response. Yeah. Um, so verse 26 continues, says, eight days later, the disciples were inside again. And Thomas was with them this time. And I almost picture like he doesn't want to leave. Like he's like, I'm not leaving the 12 or the 11. Like if, if Jesus is going to show up with them again, I'm going to be present. <laughs> um, so he, he was with them. The doors were locked again. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Put your hand, place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Um, Which is like every future generation of Christian. <laughs> since the ascension of Christ, it's that it's that there you style go. of Christian or those, those people of Christianity. So I always feel a little bit bad for Thomas because like, this is essentially his one moment in the spotlight in all of the gospels. Yeah, right. So he's forever known for like, I don't know, like his character flaw, if that makes sense. For right? doubting. Because like with Peter, like he has a bunch of brash moments, but there's clearly like a redemption arc. And he yeah, absolutely. Pistols. Like with Thomas is like, this is what we get. Like yeah. we know from tradition that he went off and he was a powerful missionary. But like yep. as far as the biblical story goes, like, ah, doubting Thomas, like what a guy. Um, well, and it's interesting too, like even – Practically speaking, like contextually in the world today, I mean, you have the moment where the disciples are fearful of the Jews, like they're, they're fearful of being persecuted because of, of their allegiance to Christ. And so they, they're locking their doors, um, which is interesting because that, that wasn't a normal occurrence. Normally people didn't have to lock their doors, uh, but because of their fear, they did. And so Jesus' first statements to his followers in light of the context was, peace be with you. Um, and I think it's, it's even today very relevant um, and very applicable to the, the to the nature and that we're facing right now and seeing the world as we live in. Yeah, absolutely. All right, this next chapter we got John twenty one. I think we're just reading the whole thing, so it'll yeah, be, it's it's all eighty five verses. So. It'll be it's not eighty five. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, it's twenty five, but it's definitely a good. It's a good chunk. <laughs> yeah. All right. So in this uh, in this chapter, we're gonna get it's called G basically Jesus on the shore. Um, so we get this picture of Do after you have tissues present. It's a good. It's a good chapter. Uh, but yeah, so we get this picture of after Jesus appeared to the 11, some of the disciples go back to the Sea of Galilee and they're just kind of, they're going back to what they know. So they're yeah. fishing. So it's, uh, well, Peter, they don't have any other idea what to do. Like, right. I don't know what else. I know what I know. So I'm going to do what I know. It's Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Uh, Peter is still very clearly suffering from guilt of having denied, uh, Christ three times, which, you know, we know from, uh, the story of the last supper and all those different things. And so, uh, let's go ahead and get started. So we've got, Oh, hold on here. I scrolled the wrong verses. There we go. 21. All right. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. The Sea of Tiberias is also the Sea of Galilee. That was the Roman name for it. Uh, Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin. Hey, he gets, a, he gets his little twin thing there again. Uh, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, which is John James and James. And John. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, the two, and two other disciples were uh, together. Which I mean, come on, John, just give us the names of the other two guys. That's kind of mean. But uh, Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we will go with you. And they went out and they got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing, which if this is starting to sound familiar. It's supposed to. It's because, yeah, it's because it's supposed to. Just wait. Uh, just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. And yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? And they answered him, No. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because of the qu quantity of fish. 
the uh, that disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to John. Peter, John, yes, John, uh, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for he was stripped for work and he threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came to the boat, dragging the net full of fish for they were not far off from land, but about a hundred yards off. When they got onto the land, they saw a charcoal fire in place and fish laid on it with bread. Jesus Total said Total side note. This is where I jokingly would tell my wife all the time that Jesus never ate sushi because that verse right there, verse nine, it's good. It was fish laid on charcoal to <laughs> cook it. So uh, if you are not a sushi fan, uh, you can take that from me if you want. That's okay. I it's enjoy not it. really, it's not really biblical to say that, but it's something. It's sarcasm and that's how I operate. Uh, verse 10. Jesus said to them, bring some fish that you have caught. So Simon Peter went, ab went aboard. Uh, and hauled the net ashore, full of fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them. And so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said uh, to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show him by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying, and after saying this, he said to him, follow me. I mean, I kind of want to pause there, but we'll read the rest of it and then we'll, we'll come back. <laughs> uh, so Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved, which again is John, following them. The one who had leaned back against him during the supper and said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to, the, he said to Jesus, what about this man? Jesus said, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So the saying spread abroad among the brothers that this, this disciple was not to die. Yet Jesus did not say that to him, uh, did, did not say to him that he was not to die. But if this is my will to remain until I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who is bearing witness about these things and who has written uh, and who has written these things. And now we know that his testimony is true. So this is John. Oh, by the way, he's ending his book here. Yeah. Uh, now there, are, I love this line. Now there are also many things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. That's just that's such a great ending line yeah, right. of, a, of a book. But it's right up there with um, the end of Job where, uh, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but basically like he lived happy, happy and full of days. It's just kind of like, it's a, it's a great bow to put on top of something. So in this chapter, what we get, it's one of my favorite chapters of the Bible. Um, you essentially get a repeat of the very first miracle that Peter observes with Jesus. And so they're out there fishing. They can't catch anything. And Jesus tells them, put the net on the other side. They do. Miraculously, there's just tons of fish. And Peter is so excited. I love that he just like, he won't even wait for the boat to get back to shore. He just jumps in the water and he swims back to shore. Um, I think it's truly incredible. And then there's the idea that Jesus takes the time here 
um, to really show Peter that he is forgiven. And, yeah. and, and that's the, the whole reason Jesus asks him three times is because G, uh, Peter denied him three times. Yeah. So it's kind of like he's giving him a clean slate. Yeah. Um, but it's also interesting too in there too, because you also see when Peter first denied Christ, all of a sudden it says he wept bitterly. Like he, he experienced a massive amount of grief because everything Jesus said about him denying Christ came true. And there was no comfort. There was no presence. There was no, like Jesus wasn't there to help love and care in the midst of it. Um, and so it's, it's also even more beautiful because you see again, this grief that, that Peter experiences because he's being questioned in his allegiance to Christ. He's being questioned in his love for Christ, which was the same experience he had with people. But this is Christ himself question, like asking him these questions. And then it says at the end, like when, G, when, what, when Peter said, um, oh shoot, grieve because he said this a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything, you know that I love you. And then Jesus simply said, like, feed my sheep. There was almost this moment in his grief where it came full circle and Jesus showed up and revealed, like, you're still my disciple. You're still my, like, go do what I have set and called you to do. Uh, and I think that's such a powerful piece to that as well, because it, on one hand, he experiences grief with no comfort and no, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, no moment with Jesus, I guess. I don't know another way to say it. Yeah. But then he, then he again, again experiences grief, being asked the same questions in essence, and Jesus is there to then help lovingly do, redirect and affirm him like, you still have purpose, there's still value, there's still meaning. Um, I think that's, that's one of the things that I think is so easily missed between the two accounts of having opportunity to be questioned about his allegiance to Christ. In one moment he grieves and there's no, there's no comfort. And then the next moment he grieves and there's total reconciliation and comfort. So, yeah. I also love that this moment with Peter ends the same way it ends in the, uh, in the original um, story in the gospel where, you know, Peter sees these things, it's incredible. And Jesus says, come follow me. And mm -hmm. at the very end of this, after he has him uh, reaffirm his love basically three times. And he even tells him, you know, this isn't going to be easy. Like life, yeah. life is going to be very hard for you. And then he ends it with follow me. Mm -hmm. I, it's just, it's so, it's so great. I just, I love this moment. Yeah. Um, and it should give all of us like hope that yeah, like Peter, absolutely. Peter screwed up really bad. Um, and it wasn't like he, the, and he also didn't screw up before he was a Christian. You know what I mean? Like he, he is following Jesus and he screws up and then Jesus takes the time to offer him like this, this redemptive moment, which yeah. I just think is really beautiful. So yeah, for sure. It's, it's a, it's a microcosm of, of our relationship with God. Absolutely. All right. Final story. Final, final passage of scripture. Acts chapter one, verses six through 11. This is when Jesus ascends. This is a short one. Yeah, it's a short one. Thanks for giving me the short one. Hey, no problem. So, so when they came together, uh, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. Uh, I used to watch Dragon Ball Z as a kid and Nimbus <laughs> was the cloud name. And so I just had times pictured Nimbus taking Jesus away. Anyways, you, you watch Dragon Ball Z. Dude, I did. I love it. That's I funny. actually still have it recorded on YouTube TV Total Confession. Oh my. And I want to watch it again. So, um, but it's the one after. Anyways. Sure. I get you. Uh, so, uh, cloud took him out of their sight. Verse 10 says, and, and while they were gazing into heaven, he... As he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? 
This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, whoa. And you know where we get that picture? Revelation 21. So That is correct. Anyway, but all, all that being said, yeah, it's just like that. And that's the last moment of Jesus uh, in his earthly body, I suppose, yeah. before. And I, I shouldn't say his last moment in his earthly body because when he comes back, he will yeah. be in that body as well. So it's uh, his last one that Until then. Get recorded. Yeah. 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 Um. So yeah, there it is. And I, I love the, I just love the whole idea of, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Yeah. Or the idea here is number one, I'm not leaving you completely. Like the Holy Spirit is part of the triune Godhead. Mm-hmm. He will be with you and he's going to empower you for ministry. Yeah. And Jesus alluded to him all throughout the, the gospels. He, right. Like this there's, isn't a surprise. Someone's coming better. Like, Hey, it's good for me to leave you. Like there, there's there's tension there that Jesus has created and continues in the dialogue. Mm-hmm. So that happens. They're empowered for ministry. And that's really what Acts is about. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really about Holy Spirit-empowered ministry yeah. um, to spread the good news of Jesus throughout yeah. the world. So, And I think it, that's important for even us today to realize the whole purpose of, of the Holy Spirit is to empower. To, he's, he's a teacher. He's the advocate. But it's also to empower you and I as modern-day Christians to go forth with the gospel and the hope of Jesus and be able to share it with the world as we know it. And I'm not talking big picture world. I'm talking about my neighborhood context. I'm talking about my family context. I'm talking about uh, my work environment context. Like we as as Christians are Christ's ambassadors and we're empowered by the Holy Spirit to therefore go and make known the hope of Jesus. And that's, I think that's something that's missed today because we, we rely a lot on a church organization, uh, a church event or activity, a church holiday to leverage and help people get connected to church. And that's not bad. I'm not trying to knock those things, but I think it's important as Christians to understand like a week from Easter, I still have the hope of Jesus that my community needs, that my workplace needs, that my bosses and my uh, employees need. And, and the only way that we're able to accomplish this commission, this is called the Great Commission. Um, or no, this isn't, sorry. Great Commission's in Matthew, but it's to go into the world and make disciples. Right. And then Jesus follows it up in Acts 1 where he says, you will receive power to do these things. And, and so there is that tension for you and I today. Like, how are we living Holy Spirit-led lives? How are we able to be effective witnesses? Because that's what we're empowered to do. Um, and oftentimes we rely on our own strength to do what God has called us to do. So uh, sorry for the sermon, but I think it's important. Like as we reflect on what happened between the resurrection and Jesus's ascension, there was vivid accounts of Christ showing himself physically to, I think it's over 500 people over the course of 40 something days. And there is intentional conversations. This is where we even see Jesus reveals himself to his brother, James, who actually, and we just got done with the James study. James didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah until after Jesus' resurrection. He was the brother of Jesus all of his life, and he didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah until after Jesus rose again and showed himself specifically to James. And then we have the book of James written from that, and it's a remarkable conversation. But all of that to say, I think it's important as Christians to recognize like Easter does not is not the end. It's actually it's, it's actually where we have hope in, in, in the beginning of everything where we're now called to go. You may perhaps say that it is the end of the beginning. Oh, Winston Churchill <laughs> joke there. I, I knew it was Winston Churchill, but... There's a couple of people laughing right now, hysterically. <laughs> yeah, at, there might at, be. In the listeners. There might be. Anyway. So, anyways, yes. 
Uh, and then a couple last things I just kind of put into the notes here at the end. Uh, I just titled it other things we didn't talk about. So there's two things that Paul alludes to in first Corinthians 15 that I think are kind of interesting. So number one, uh, at some point, Jesus appears to James, uh, not James, one of the disciples, but James, actually the brother of Jesus who writes the book of James. Um, and so that is, that happens there. And then also there's this moment where Jesus appears to 500 people at the same time. Uh, we're not giving any details about this, but Paul basically says, they're still alive. You can go ask them right now. So he's kind of listing it, listing it as a proof of um, what Jesus did. And it makes sense because obviously Jesus... Uh, he's on earth for a little bit after the resurrection, before the ascension. So he, it's not like he just appeared to a couple people and that's all that happened. So he, I'm sure he was doing other things. There's not all recorded. So there you go. Well, with that being said, that wraps it up for another episode of Let's Read the Bible. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, with some more content. I was about to say what we were doing, but I actually don't know yet. So it's Easter. We're really busy. Uh, but as, <laughs> as a quick reminder, uh, That's awesome. if this, uh, if this podcast has been a blessing to you, uh, and you'd like to consider supporting, uh, financially the ministry of the Grove church, you can do that by going to our website, grove.church. We have a give button in the upper right hand corner. We'd really appreciate that. Um, and then finally, we're a podcast of the Grove church, but we're not the only resource of the Grove church. We have past messages that you can go look through the entire archive, um, as well as a new blog that we just launched with uh, Megan Monterosa contributing this week. Ooh. So yeah, it's pretty good. It drops today. Yep. It'll be there. Well, today, Thursday. As yes, we today, Thursday. Sorry. So, gee, way to let people behind I the know, curtain, right? Aaron. Listen, right. we've we've always let them behind the curtain. But hey, have a, have a great Good Friday. Uh, if you have, I hope you had a good Friday and hope you have a happy Easter. Yep. Have happy a Easter, week. everyone. He is risen. He is risen indeed.